surprise fancy talking to you here on a tuesday we watch tenet yes this is a bonus episode because we we both saw tenet and we're like well i think i think we have to talk about it i mean i have thoughts and you have thoughts so we have to share those thoughts of course yeah initially we were just going to sort of tack this on to the end of an episode when we talk about what we watched this week which is something we've been doing at the end of every episode but uh it was just going to get too long because we had so many things to say yeah exactly i mean this episode is probably not going to be the usual length so it is just a pure bonus but yeah okay so spoilers ahead i think that's the main thing that we should start with so first we will be discussing our thoughts on the film and then we will discuss spoilers but we will be very clear about when we will begin discussing spoilers so you will not be spoiled if you do not want to be. Okay, okay. I think, first of all, I to get out of the way, I liked the film. I enjoyed watching it. When I was sitting there, I was like, I don't want this to end. And that's when I personally know, when I never want the film to end, that I am really enjoying this film. I didn't really enjoy it as much as other Nolan films. I, I think that there he came up with the concept first, almost like the cinematic concept. With Inception, I saw there was a story. There was a clear-cut story. There's a goal, the protagonist. Obviously, like, it's like Leonardo DiCaprio, like, wanted to get home and see his kids. But in Tenet, there wasn't that kind of, like, goal. Okay, so what you're saying is that in Inception, there was a story, and then Nolan weaved in these interesting elements about time and all of this other fantastical things, whereas... (laughs) Here, he came up with this really cool idea. Um, He came up with some interesting concepts about time and time travel. And then he tried to build a story on top of that. Ooh, I think it's even like another step before the storytelling. I thought that it was actually, he knew that he wanted people running forward and backwards at the same time in a shot. And then he came up with that idea in his head of that's the special effects I want to explore in this film but he didn't know the story behind it. And then he crafted the story after coming up with that visual thing he had in his head. Okay. Did you, did you hear this or? No, as in like, that's the, that's the feeling that I had after watching the film. Mm. Cause I was like, there's, there's a story. Yeah. But it felt very thin compared to other films that he's done. I see. I mean, I didn't leave the film completely getting everything nor like, I'm sure a lot of people didn't do didn't get the entire film too so maybe upon the second viewing I'll find a lot more depth and meaning but from the first viewing I definitely thought that he came up with the special effects thing and then crafted a story around it right yeah the characters are definitely less fleshed out in this film than in his previous films I didn't actually think that that was a bad thing because it was intentional to me like in a, in a lot of films we have 1D characters and it's it's not that the the writer wants them to be bad characters it's just that they're not well written they're not developed whereas in this film it seems like Nolan made a conscious choice to not flesh out the characters better not have us know like their motivations and their families and on all this stuff that we usually see in his other films um so i i didn't mind that part so much I think what I did see as different in this film was that there was a villain character. Mm. And if you look at his past three films, there's actually not a villain. Like, they're they're fighting something, but it's like an 
amorphous villain. It's like they're fighting to to save the world or something like that. There's not like one bad person that they're fighting against. Yeah. And somehow that makes it seem not that his movies are realistic, but having a villain <laughs> makes it less realistic because in real life there's not a villain, right? Like there's there's bad people out there and there's bad things happening, but it's not like you're going about your life trying to fight somebody. Yeah. So that I, I I didn't love the villain element, um, but as always I I thought that his the the time elements were fascinating and I really feel like he's working like this is a director who's far beyond any other any other filmmaker really because of these ideas that he has like I don't know how you how you come up with these concepts that he does how he works with time like I can't even imagine I feel like Tenet really push the limit on um time and i don't know where he can go from here i don't know how he can make time a more complex concept than he did in this film i think you're touching on something that's so important too i think nolan plays really well in both the critical reception world of film and then also the mass consumer like consumption of film and mm. being able to balance or create a film that balances both the critics' attention and the consumer attention, I think is genius. It's it's great. And that shows how gifted as a filmmaker he is. Yeah, we were you and I were discussing um action films earlier, I think. And even I mean you could compare this to the rom com genre. Like rom coms follow a very specific formula and they don't tend to um waver from that formula and yet people keep watching rom-coms they keep going to them and so it's sort of a a, you know this playing on a feedback loop audiences keep going to rom-coms and directors don't push the limit because this is what audiences want i feel like a lot of modern day action films are like this they don't challenge the viewer to think um they're not complex in any way shape or form they have just characters trying to kill each other or save each other save the world or whatever um, and this is why I at least am not a big fan of the Avengers films because I feel like they're very simplistic and they don't they don't challenge the viewer at all. And this is really frustrating for me because I feel like it's difficult to make action films that are complex, but but it's possible. Like Nolan can do it. And you were suggesting that maybe if if Nolan were to try to expand the Tenet universe and, and at the end of this film it seems like that that's sort of open spoilers spoilers well i'm not gonna like (laughs) talk about what happened specifically but well i think i think it's important to talk about that particular line though because that can we can explore why the characters might be very superficial at the same time with that one line okay so the line that we're talking about is robert pattinson neil says we'll have many journeys ahead So it kind of plays on the idea that Robert Pattinson's character has time-traveled back so many times and revisited that last ending scene so many times to perfect it to affect the future, that there might be more to the story, that there might be more tenets in the future. So when I heard that line, I thought, oh, he's going to make a tenet two or he's going to make a tenet three because these are just like the beginnings of a character. It's like an origin story, but without so much character development like as in Logan with Wolverine yeah and I think that's 
entirely possible. I don't necessarily think that Nolan would do that because I feel like he probably sees sequels and stuff of that ilk as uh, like cheap and kind of trashy. Um, but honestly, if there was a Tenet universe compared to an Avengers universe, I would always go with the non-superhero type of film. Um, and this is interesting because then it means that like the Avengers, they would have some sort of competition and maybe they would be motivated to create more complex storylines um, because they, they had competition, which was more complex. If Tenet, so this is what I was talking to Lara about, and that's what really kind of brought us to this bonus episode. In my head, I'm thinking if Tenet was a sequel or if there was there were spinoffs and there's this whole Tenet universe, that would be the main rival to Avengers. And what could be a very smart business choice is if Nolan just executive produced spinoffs or executive produced a sequel. So you have the Nolan name and then he kind of licenses off the characters to develop the world further. And then you get other collaborators in and it just becomes so much more rich and so much cooler because if you think about Avengers, it's the complete opposite model. Disney's very top down, everything's decided. You sign on actors for like five-year contracts for the Avenger movies. And I think it's a shame Whereas I think Nolan's more open to collaboration and open, and if he were open to like licensing and spinoffs, it'd make the Tenet universe super interesting as a business model. Yeah, I am always wary of sequels. Um, and I, yeah, I just think like Marvel is child's play compared to Nolan. You know, I don't even think that Nolan sees Marvel as a competitor because he doesn't take them seriously I'm entirely like thinking of this on my on my own he's never said anything like this but uh, I just I'm so frustrated with a lot of today's action films and how they they expect so little of their audience and they really don't challenge their audience so that is why I like Nolan's films so much because he really I I like being confused in a film, not being able to figure something out, and then only understanding it upon reading reviews and breakdowns and that kind of thing. I think that that it shows how complex a film it is and how well it's written. And I think that's an interesting point because when you watch a film, when a lot of people watch films and they go to the movie theater, they just want two hours of a pause in their life where they just want to live in another person's world. Right, it's just entertainment to them. But then Nolan creates, like, a touch point outside of the movie-going experience where you're going to see Tenet, and it's, like, two and a half hours of another person's life, but then afterwards, you want to revisit that character's life because you don't understand what's going on. You want to continue to read reviews and see what other people are thinking, and it it's so much more than just the two-hour experience when you watch a Nolan film. And it, it's still entertaining, right? Like, it's it's difficult to understand and it makes you think, but it's still entertainment. Yeah. Uh, although, I, I think the Nolan brand has a lot to do with people sitting through a very complicated story and really trying hard to understand. And that is the magic of stamping Nolan's name in front of a film. But I think that that's the fault of the viewer. Like, if, you, if, if you're if you like, oh, this is too... I'm too dumb for this. 
I, I don't know, then, yeah, I, I don't really understand that. But don't you think that's a shame, though? I think that's a little bit of a shame. Because if he's playing in, like, the mass consumer space, and he's not creating, like, an art film, he's expecting the viewer to understand and keep up. But if the viewer can't keep up, then he's not really playing to the audience that he's really trying to aim for. Mm, no, I, I don't I don't see it that way. I think, but I again, like, I think we're different film watchers. I think there are people out there that would just watch it because it's a Nolan film. And the Nolan brand also has good things and bad things about it. Like, watching a Nolan film and saying, like, I loved it, you might be following the rest of the crew that, that loves Nolan films. You could go against the grain and be like, I don't like Nolan films. Right, but that you could say that about any, any film. But when you have that kind of influence, I think it's, it's important to note that the influence also makes people have different expectations about a film. And when you have different expectations, you might be more willing to sit through a film because you're like, I'm, I know my expectations are going to be met at the end of the film. I know it's a challenging watch right now, but at the end, I know I'll get some kind of amazing film, even if I don't really enjoy it now. I mean, I, I, I don't think a lot of people will hate Tenet. I think it'll just be maybe not their favorite of Nolan films. Yeah, yeah, that I agree with. It's a different kind of movie. It, did, it is, yeah. It's impossible to compare his films to other films. Because I feel like, yeah, having to watch a movie a couple of times to understand it, yeah, I could see how some people would be like, I don't, I don't want to do that, or I shouldn't have to do that. It should explain itself all to me. But uh, that, that's sort of how I feel about like book series I love, like Harry Potter. Every single reading, I, I feel like I uncover more and I understand more. And I think that that's a good thing. Yeah. I think you have to have kind of patience with it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people might not have that kind of patience to sit through and watch it multiple times. But this goes back to, like, I think that that's on studios and and writers. Because if an audience is like, oh, this is too complicated for me, like, I'm used to Marvel films. Well, they have been coddled in the kind of films that they watch and made comfortable. And it's up to filmmakers to to disrupt that and to make them think and and to make them watch complex films. But do you not think that it's a chicken and egg situation? Yeah. Because you also need to have, I guess you need to show the numbers. You need to show that people are willing to sit through something complex as well. Yeah. And that's that's where it goes back to the whole like Nolan as a brand or Nolan's name being in front of a film that makes a lot of difference because when you look at the numbers of people going to Tenet, yeah, like people are going to go watch it, but people are going to watch it not only because they want to be challenged, but because it's a Nolan film. And then you can't break down why the film is successful necessarily. You might be able to break down like, oh yeah, it's a great film, but you can't necessarily isolate the fact that it was successful as people like challenging films and that's why it was successful Mm -hmm. because the whole Nolan influence colors the data point and the data set for this for these box office numbers yeah I think you're more like understanding of the average 
audience goer and I'm like no no pity like we need to challenge viewers we need to make them think like we need to show them smart films you know and you're like yeah but not everyone wants to watch smart films I think it's interesting too because it's like kind of what we do as like two people in our everyday lives like you program for film festivals and that's something that you you want to challenge the audience. You choose certain films because you think that it's an important story. It's a it's an important perspective to hear from. Whereas like I I work as a UX designer. Like I always think about like what the customer wants, and I always think about okay if if this wasn't a movie、mm. or yeah like if this movie was like a product, how would people interact with it? Like what does that mean if Those numbers indicate success. Does it necessarily mean success? Like, why? Why are people watching a film? You're right. I think I'm thinking more about the, the industry side, like the film industry, and like about the the making, of the film and creating films like this. And you're thinking more about like the audience and how the audience is going to react and interpret to this. And I'm like, no, we just need to make this kind of film. <laughs> we just need more of this. Like, who cares if the audience like thinks it's too complex? Yeah, yeah, that's a good analogy. I think there's a part of me that completely agrees with you, because, again, like we, I watch a lot of films, and I can sit through a very challenging foreign language or documentary film. But I, I also think that I'm a smaller portion. Of the entire film-going population, so I wish that there were more people like me. I wish that I could talk to a lot more people about interesting and complex films, but the reality is, it's not like that at the moment. Yeah, I th- I think my way of thinking is if if we show the audience that they like complex films and can watch them, then directors will be able to make complex films. But if we never show them complex films in the first place. Then we won't be able to see that they like this kind of film. But I think it has to go hand in hand. Yeah, it goes back to like our conversation about when Harry met Sally, which that episode is going to come out this week as well. So although we're doing a bonus episode, doesn't mean that we don't have <laughs> when Harry met Sally as well.、Um, but that's where we talk about critical reception of rom coms and. How writers should treat their audiences more seriously, but also like critics also need to treat films seriously because that's how consumers decide what film to watch. Because everyone looks at the IMDb score or the Rotten Tomato score before going to see the film anyway. Yeah, I think we covered a lot of different topics all over the place. Hopefully, we weren't too rambly. We both have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> yeah, I I have so many thoughts, and I'm. It's cool because that was the first film that I watched in theaters since March too, and we didn't really talk about that. Like it's bringing everyone out of out of lockdown and into theaters. It is incredible. As if not enough was like riding on Nolan's next film.、Um, it's like, well, he's gonna revive the film industry, I guess. Yeah. And it, yeah, it was it was great to be back in theaters. I got to see it in IMAX at the Cinesphere in Toronto, and I can't wait to see it again. <laughs> Do you think you're gonna watch it second time in theaters, or you're just gonna wait? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait until October, so I have a bit of space. 
Um, but yeah, I can't wait to see it again. Cool. Oh, I will also mention, because this is going up um, this week, I believe that, so I'm in Toronto and the Toronto Film Festival is coming up in a couple weeks and I can't wait to see some of those films too because some of those are in theaters. So it is exciting seeing films coming back to theaters and some film festivals actually be able being able to happen in person. So I am excited about that and hopeful for the future of the film industry. Well, on that note, if you do get a chance to watch Tenet, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, the best way to reach us is at on Twitter at WTF underscore with us. And yeah, let us know what you think about the film and whether you agree with what we've been saying on this bonus episode. Mm-hmm. Thanks for tuning in. And we hope you enjoyed our little action movie discussion. We will be discussing action films at some point in the future, but right now we are in the rom-com genre. Cool. Talk soon. Bye-bye.